Hello and welcome to this Endo Life. I'm Jessica Duffin. I'm an Endo Warrior and Endo Health Coach, and this podcast is all about living and thriving with endometriosis. As always, this podcast is here for educational purposes only. Please consult your medical practitioner before making any nutritional changes or bringing in any supplements. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to give a shout out to my lovely sponsors at BU. And I wanted to tell you about their new bath bombs, which are naturally made and contain beautiful essential oils. And their peppermint and eucalyptus essential oils um, bath bomb is doing so well right now with endometriosis community. They're getting loads of feedback about it. And, you know, if you love the patches themselves you're going to love the bath bombs because essentially it's (laughs) the patch in a bath bomb um so you know if you're on your period or if you're in pain you could have a bath with some of the bath bombs or one of them i don't know you could have multiple if you want um and then yeah get out the bath maybe rub in some cbd balm and put your patch on top, which is um, what a lot of people are feeding back that they're doing. So um, I would love to do that, but um, I don't have a bath, so I can't. But if you have a bath, um, then, you know, I think these new bath bombs could be a lovely way to help alleviate some of your pain. So if you'd like to check them out, you can go to BU which is buonline.co.uk and you can also order them from anywhere in the world on cultbeauty.co.uk and they deliver worldwide. So before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to give a shout out to the lovely girls at Semaine. They are two sisters with endometriosis. They've been on the show before and they founded Semaine, which is a supplement company for people with periods to originally, their first supplement was to aid with PMS and period pain. And I know that it is a lifesaver for so many people with endometriosis and painful periods. I absolutely love that supplement. It's really helped me when I've had to kind of follow protocols for SIBO or, you know, I've had a stressful time and I've been worried about my period. I've been able to avoid a flare with that supplement and they've always been so kind and um, kindly sent me sent me them when I when I've needed them. And now they've come out with a new supplement called the Daily, and it is a hormone balancing supplement, which is designed to help with healthy skin, stable mood, fewer cravings in your luteal phase, blood sugar balance. And they recently gifted it to me. Honestly, I said this to my client the other day. My blood sugar levels have never felt so stable as they did when I was taking that day, daily supplement. As you guys know, I I work very hard to stabilize my blood sugar levels because that will keep inflammation down and it also ensures that you have healthy balanced hormones. It's, it's really, really key. And I have a history of having really unstable blood sugar. Originally growing up, it was because of my eating disorder. But then in later years, it was much more down to firstly following a vegan diet when I didn't understand how to build my plate, a healthy blood sugar balancing plate. And secondly, because of my microbiome and my microbiome because of SIBO is built to actually extract more glucose from my food and cause blood sugar instability. This is actually a really key piece of blood sugar. If your blood sugar is resisting all of the strategies you're trying, that is a massive clue that your microbiome is affecting the way that your blood sugar is is being controlled in your body. So we need to work on that, work on your gut. And mine has improved mine has improved massively, but I still react much more um erratically than someone else would to blood sugar fluctuations. And I couldn't believe the difference. It was like I had a whole month of like stable blood sugar. It was incredible. And as a result, I had much more of a healthier cycle. I felt a lot more satisfied. I had less food cravings. I just felt a lot more stable in energy. So I'm a really big fan of this. And as I said, 
blood sugar is a huge piece to manage in your hormones, hence why blood sugar is such a big part of their, their supplement. So the girls have kindly given me a discount code for you guys. It will get you 20% off your first um, order, whether that's the daily or the PMS and period support capsules. And the code is ENDOLIFE, one word, all caps. So E-N-D-O-L-I-F-E. And that code is valid for the next six months, I believe. So you can use it at any time. Um, So let me know how you get on with them. I'd love to hear if you find them as amazing as I did. And I hope that they bring you a happier and healthier cycle and period. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's show. I am recording this in Sweden. I am kind of hiding at the back of the house to try and get away from the traffic. We've got one one side of the house is on a road, but I, I don't think it's worked. So you might hear some traffic in the background. Um, so today's episode is a really exciting one because... Dr. Tara Morrison, I actually met at the Integrated Women's Health Institute when we were both training to be women's health coaches. And I remember Tara having such a wonderful energy and always participating in our like weekend retreats where we would do these online online calls and we would be kind of online practicing all weekend. Uh, so it was really lovely to have her on the show and to reconnect. So Dr. Tara Morrison is a birth trauma specialist and holistic pelvic floor physical therapist who specializes in whole person care for pregnancy, postpartum, and for people with pelvic pain. And Tara uses trauma-informed somatic pelvic care to aid not just pain and pelvic floor dysfunction, but actually like nervous system healing, which we talk about a lot on this show, through mind-body-based physical therapy tools, stress management, somatic emotional release, energy medicine, and mindful living. And so in today's episode, Tara and I are talking about how she uses somatic therapy for chronic pelvic pain specifically. And in this episode, we discuss the development of the nervous system and how childhood experiences can cause chronic nervous system dysregulation and pelvic pain, emotional experiences and patterns and their impact on symptoms like pelvic pain, polyvagal theory and the chronic free state in endometriosis and other pelvic pain conditions, what somatic therapy is and how this mind-body approach can help heal the root of endo and other pelvic pain conditions, and how to start focusing on what feels good for your body and your mind from a nervous system lens. So I think this is a really interesting episode. Um, It's particularly helpful if you know that you have had a traumatic childhood, or if you find yourself going into um, very stressed, anxious states a lot, or shutting down a lot, which I think as many of us, we know that people with endometriosis tend to have a history of um, trauma and it could be small or big trauma. Um, so I really recommend listening to this episode and I hope you find it useful. Welcome to the show, Tara. It's so lovely to have you here and to have you here three, three years later after we trained together, which is just crazy. Yes, totally. I know. <laughs> I'm happy to be here too. So let's start with, uh, you know, introducing yourself and the work that you do in the world and what led you to doing this work? Yeah, uh, so I am traditionally trained as a doctor of physical therapy and I primarily work um, with pelvic floor, um, pelvic pain um, clients and have always had a strong passion for women's health. That's how we met in the women's health coaching certification. And early on in my career, I realized that kind of just addressing the physical body wasn't enough and that with my clients, especially those with chronic pain conditions, there was something missing um, in in what they actually truly needed to get to the root cause of what was going on. And at that time, I was doing a lot of yoga um, and studying mindfulness and um, kind of deepening into my own spiritual spirituality practice. And I was noting a lot of shifts in my own life. And so I started diving into meditation for chronic pain, um, yoga is medicine. Um, I did a Pilates certification. So really diving into like understanding this, um, mind body connection. Um, and then that Mm. took me kind of into when I got pregnant and started going through my own pregnancy and birth journey. Um, 
And that's kind of when I met you, Jessica, um, was kind of in between having my two kiddos and going through the women's health coaching program. So really just like wanting to understand on a deeper layer, all these pieces of women's health and how they all play together in our experience, in our pain experience, in our ability to um, feel joy and connected to our life. Um, I spent time struggling with burnout in my career before having my kids. I've struggled with depression and anxiety. And so, you know, I've worked through a lot of these things in my own life. Um, I've been on medications. I didn't like them. So I've kind of gone the um, unmedicated route for treating my depression and my um, anxiety. You know, I, I did take some benzos for a while, but um, quickly got off of those. So since having my kids, um, I have really been propelled more into the birth world and understanding and, and diving into the effects of birth trauma and how um, that can show up at also as a physical experience, but off also often, right? Birth is a portal and that opens, opens us up. It opens the body up. And often it's these generational pain patterns that actually get activated, especially in um, birth trauma. And then we have our children, which are little mirrors, and they're constantly showing us the places that um, we we can evolve or that we might need to evolve. The things that we're triggered in are really places for our growth. So motherhood is like a deep spiritual practice. Um, but also looking at really, that that's kind of opened me up to understanding these like somatic patterns and how our nervous system is imprinted and I'm really getting even deeper into like the roots of pain and suffering in the feminine body. Um, And so that's kind of where I'm at today. Um, I have both like my hands-on practice where we're doing um, some some traditional physical therapy, but a much more broad approach looking at the nervous system and looking at how we hold and, and store emotions and energy in our body. And then I have like my coaching, which is, um, kind of just taking people through like this emotional side side of things and how we store emotions in our body um, and then understanding um, those patterns and how they pertain to maybe our pain. Um, so that's, that's where I'm at. That was kind of a long introduction, but. <laughs> no, it's incredible. And, you know, it, it's so, you're so right. I see it as well. And to the degree that I have been considering changing the way that my course is laid out, where I have like nervous system, pain sciences, I think it's like module four or something. And I'm kind of thinking about bringing it to <laughs> module one, because I just think you can't really make, you know, changes to nutrition or to movement or sleep when you feel so dysregulated, you know, in your body um, and that's affecting your emotions. And we know that there's ever, you know, there's research on trauma and nervous system dysregulation in people with endometriosis and chronic pelvic pain. So it makes so much sense. And I think that it's, I think part of the problem is, is that there's like these two, uh threads of like energy healing and then kind of like functional medicine healing and you know you and I are trying to bridge mm-hmm. be in the middle yeah. <laughs> like doing this holistic <laughs> approach but it's very easy to hear something about like the nervous system and and trauma and people being like ah that that's like you know hippie like woo woo stuff like I don't need to clear my chakras I need to like eat more veg but it it's not that right it's it's not it's more than that and um this is this is rooted in, in science um mm-hmm. you know of course you can go into the, the energy side of stuff but this is rooted in science so let's start I guess with anyone who isn't really clear on what the nervous system is and what we mean by dysregulation can you kind of take us through um, yeah, what the nervous system is, how it develops. And you were talking about nervous system imprinting as well earlier. Yeah. So our nervous system, um, and mainly today we're talking about is the autonomic nervous system is our, like that fight flight freeze system. Okay. So, um, when, and, and what I want to talk about it is even expanded view of that, um, from, the polyvagal theory from Stephen Porges, where he's really shown us, um, yes, there's like fight um, and flight, 
and there's a freeze response. Um, but we also have this place of um, social engagement or connection. And this is a really important place in regulating our nervous system and coming back into our state of healing. That's where healing happens is when we can get into this socially engaged state um, and, and when we can um, regulate our nervous system in that way, um, healing happens much easier and the body does have its own way of healing itself. But if, if we can't tap into that um, state of the nervous system, then it's hard to access that innate healing that can happen. Um, and so he showed us that and he showed um, really like starting to look at the development of the nervous system. And so our nervous system is starting to be primed um, while we were still in the, in the womb. So it's not like we babies come out and they have a fully functioning nervous system, right? They come out and they're, uh, you know, they cry a lot and they're hungry and they need, they, it's like this very primal version of um, their nervous system that's still developing. And the interesting thing is, is that the, um, it, it really starts to develop in that third trimester. And so the way it develops is that it's mirrored off of the primary caregiver's nervous systems, Right. So while the baby is in the mother's womb, if she's stressed out, if she's in, you know, dealing with trauma, if she's having anxiety, if she's depressed, the baby is picking up on all of those things. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so then the baby is born. Right. And the birth can leave an imprint on the nervous system if the birth is traumatic in any way on the baby. And all of these are pre-verbal. So it's not like the child can communicate or the baby can communicate or that we even have necessarily a memory, right? There are certain forms of breath work and other, other forms of modality that try to help people get into um, these unconscious memories, um, or these unconscious, um, events that happen maybe during birth to like create some healing around that, around the trauma that occurred. Um, but these are, these are pre pre-verbal imprints. Um, and this is how our nervous system is developed. This is how we learn to manage stress. It's how we learn to like engage with other people. Right. And, and that's where like attachment wounds come in, right? Like were our parents, you know, paying attention to us or were they, were they busy and distracted? Um, you know, and recognizing that I think it's also important to recognize, you know, that your children, your parents in the same regard came into the world with someone who was running their own patterns. Right. And, um, they were doing the best that they, they had in the time. And, um, your parents are doing the best that they had with their, their, uh, how their nervous system was wired and the, um, conscious awareness that they had and, and the education that they had. Right. So, um, I always like to say that, to point that out, to kind of, you know, it's easy sometimes to blame our past, um, or the way we were raised, but, you know, if we can find compassion that actually helps our, our healing, um, it helps us. Yeah. I'm still working that, on that, that one. <laughs> yeah. It helps us develop that sense of self-agency and it's not always easy, right? Especially when you start mm -hmm. to see things, but, um, you know, it is, it can be really helpful if we can, we can come up to that. But so that's, that's kind of how, how it happens. So as, as children age, a lot of early imprints of the nervous system. So a lot of these like behavior patterns, coping mechanisms, people pleasing, perfectionism, um, they're coping mechanisms that our nervous system develops in order to, to find safety and connection in our environment. Right. So say you have like a parent that, um, is, is hypercritical of you. And the only way that you feel like you get love from them is if you, um, achieve something, right. So you might, you might develop these like perfectionist habits of like, Oh, if I'm you, you, your body naturally figures out, Oh, if I'm perfect, if I do this perfectly, they're going to praise me and I'm going to get that love and connection. Right. So we start developing these patterns and some of that can be passed down, especially in our culture where, um, you know, women aren't really taught to haven't, haven't been taught to speak up for themselves. Um, they haven't, you know, they tend to take on more of the load. They tend to, 
um, be, you know, put other people ahead of them, right. And this kind of patriarchal culture, um, that, that kind of also plays into a lot of these patterns we see in women, especially is that is because of the way that we've kind of been silenced, right. And like, look pretty and talk less, right. (laughs) Or whatever. Right. So Mm. there's all of these, all of these things that play into that, but Um, as the nervous system develops, it's mirroring the behaviors of its primary caregivers. Um, and then also there are imprints that can get stored in the body, such as like things kids say on the playground or things that teachers say to you, these can get stored in the body, um, and in the nervous system. And so that's where like, and it becomes subconscious. So it's not something that you're like thinking about but their beliefs that you take on their stories, their narratives, their habits, they just become the way you live your life. And it's happening at the subconscious level. It's not like you're thinking about these things. So these patterns are running. And until we start to address um, some of these patterns um, and get to the root of them, then, then they, they're still so unconscious. And so we, we keep playing them out over and over. And a lot of those patterns can play into pain. Mm. This is so fascinating. Um, I, I don't know what's her name. I'm a fan of, there's a psychologist who does a lot around polyvagal Mm -hmm. theory on Instagram. She might be like the holistic psychologist. I'm not sure, but she talks about, um, exactly what you're talking about. And I'm just wondering if, um, I'm understanding it right that when there's a a baby can't self-regulate. And so Mm -hmm. if a mom, typically what you would want to happen, right, is that something, maybe the baby is crying really, really distressed for some reason, the mom gets distressed, but then the baby can't calm down until like the mom regulates herself. So like the baby will respond to the mom's body and breathing and heart rate. So if she's holding the baby, you know, the baby will start to regulate its breathing, Mm -hmm. like to match the mom's and stuff. So this um, psychologist is she kind of teaches people to like regulate with their partner and like put your hand on like your partner's chest and like do deep breathing together Mm -hmm. to try and help each other regulate. And so obviously if your parent wasn't able to self-regulate and wouldn't calm down and would just stay in a very like fight mode Mm -hmm. or flight mode then or, or freeze mode, then you are stuck there as well. And that's how, and you're, kind of being taught this is how you regulate yourself even though you're not (laughs) yeah yeah totally or you grow up like in this constant state of dysregulation and so what happens is that especially in our culture like now I think there's more people that are promoting rest and slowing down and taking care of Mm -hmm. our body um but like predominantly there's a lot of um you know, like doing all these things and, and accomplishing what can we accomplish and how can we succeed and let's keep our day really busy and like go, go, go and do, do, do. Right. And that just in itself is stressful to the body. We know that that puts you into a fight or flight stage and what can happen, especially if there's this like undercurrent of stored stress and trauma in the body, um, then, then your body just kind of stays upregulated in this like fight flight state for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And then over time, if your body's like in this chronic state of fight or flight, then you can actually go into what's called a functional freeze. And I actually see this quite a lot with my endometriosis clients and pelvic pain clients is that they're in this functional freeze state of their nervous system. And so while they're not like, and freeze is associated with symptoms of depression, um, of like low apathy, um, you know, it can be associated, you know, difficulty getting out of bed. Right. But like in a functional free state, you can actually be, you know, have functional depression, be up living your life, doing things. Um, and, and maybe it could be that you have like gut, gut, gut dysfunction. So maybe there's this place of like freeze energy in your gut. Right. Um, where like maybe you have constipation or other digestive issues because your digestive system isn't functioning properly. Right. And so that's where it's like, well, you can eat all of these supplements and you can do all of these things, but if you're not addressing that, like freeze at the nervous system and the body level, then like that the things that you're taking are only going to be so effective. Right. So that's where like 
we really need to be doing addressing both both sides of the the picture, not just the functional medicine and not just the trauma, but like I think there's a, a beautiful place for them to to fit together. For sure. And in my, um, I'm really glad you brought up that like the body kind of adapts and moves you into a a chronic kind of uh, functional free state, because also there's another way that it adapts. We know from the research, especially in chronic pain people, is that if they've grown up with trauma, the theory kind of behind people with trauma having, um, you know, chronic pain and autoimmune conditions is that the HPA axis Uh, starts to dysregulate Mm -hmm. and instead of cortisol being high all the time the body will adapt and cortisol output will be blunted and so you know these people start to have chronic fatigue and brain fog Um, and we know that you know too much cortisol is inflammatory but too little it's also inflammatory it's actually got anti-inflammatory properties so if we have low levels of cortisol not only are we tired but we have higher levels of chronic pain so it's you know, you can take all of the anti-inflammatory supplements in the world, but <laughs> it's not going to move your cortisol to a to a healthy place. Um, and so it's it's another way. I, I kind of see kind of the vagus nerve and the polyvagal theory and like this HPA axis dysfunction. They're, they're just, they're so interconnected. You can't really have one without the other exactly. kind of going wrong or being healthy, right? Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's just fascinating. And I think these need to be talked about more because unfortunately I see this narrative around endometriosis that, oh, endo causes like chronic fatigue, full stop. And there's no kind of further investigation to that. Yeah. And I'm like, well, the research shows that like most people with endometriosis have low waking cortisol levels. Like let's work on that, yeah, <laughs> right? Totally. You know, things like this. So um, I'm so glad that you, you brought, you know, you brought up how the body adapts. So um, you mentioned that we can we can repeat these patterns, right? Mm-hmm. If if they're imprinted in us. So, do you see any common like emotional energetic patterns with chronic pelvic pain and kind of endometriosis patients? Yeah, so I, you know, I think it varies from people to to person to person, but um, you know, and, and how we carry and store emotions in our pelvic bowl. Um, and in our pelvic also very like there, we can kind of, we can kind of map that, but I, I tend to see, um, there can be things around maybe like a, a, a grief or a loss that maybe happened. Um, there can be areas of like repressed anger in the system. Um, and, and sometimes even shame, like the way that can show up in in the pelvis. And really they're all like, they're often layered and tied together. So I, I like to ask people like, well, like when your symptoms first started and before your symptoms first started, like what was going on in your life? You know, like, was there any sort of like significant, like stressful um, trigger, right? It was like one of your parents, like, something was something going on with them was something going on with things in school like what was going on in your life um what was the stress like around you um when these things started and and likely before right because we know things you know it's not going to just mm-hmm. just show up one day right um so there's you know there's definitely an evolution so i think it's important to look at that um and and kind of start to see if there is any tie there to, um, you know, what was going on in your body and your ability to manage the stress that was around you when your, when your, your pain and your symptoms first started. Just a reminder that this episode is sponsored by BU. These natural patches last for 12 hours, so they bring you prolonged relief and can begin working on relaxing your muscles before the pain kicks in, so you're prepared even if your period comes during the middle of the day. Some people even find that wearing them a night before their period can really help soothe the inflammation in the area. To shop, just head to link in my show notes. mentioned um the body storing like 
you know, trauma and experiences in the in the pelvis. Are you able to talk a little bit more about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. So the just in the pelvic floor, if we talk about the pelvic floor, um, Tammy Lynn Kent is a physical therapist based out of Portland, Oregon, and she has her body of work has really like shown us this uh, emotional map to the pelvic floor and like how we can imprint um, trauma, how, how there are like different um, trauma patterns or energetic patterns, emotional patterns in the pelvic pool. So, um, and some of this in the pelvis in general around like ovaries and uterus, like there's different energies to these places. And so we can, we can hold and store things. Um, And so, right. Like it could be like something tied to your ability to, um, maybe like receive support, ask for support. Um, like how are you holding any fear? Like where, you know, there's different places where we hold these emotions in our pelvic bowl. Um, are you like having dysfunctional relationships around like maybe a mother wound or, um, something with either your internal feminine energy or like an external feminine relationships. Do you have a hard time, um, making like strong connections with other women? Um, have you had a hard time with the relationships in the past? Those might show up at one in, in, on the left side of the bowl or on the right side of the bowl is a little more masculine. If we're using this, like, you know, the binariness of, of male and female, um, you know, maybe that's more around like relationships with your father, things from your, your um, paternal line that might be stored in that side of the body. So there's a way we can look at it that way. Um, and so that, that's kind of how I tend to look at it. I think there are also, you know, we can carry, um, we carry like anger can also be like in our liver, right? If we look at uh, like visceral, like how our organs also play into different emotions. And so there's like different layers to how we store things. We can also look at like things from the chakra system, right. Of like, um, yeah. which some people think is woo woo. Right. But like, really it's just, they're just energy centers in the body. And like science is actually mm. showing that like, you know, there are these, these energetic channels in the body. Like we can't ignore, ignore them. I don't think. Um, and I think the more that, you know, the further we get into studying mindfulness and energy work, like we are realizing that these things do exist and there is some, there is validity to them. Um, so, uh, but like your, your root chakra is all about safety and security. Right. And so, um, you know, you can even think about this from like, if you, if you have pain, um, during sex, right. If you have painful sex from your, your symptoms, like, and you don't feel safe having sex, like, you might develop vaginismus, right? Like there's this like tightening at your root chakra that happens, right? So how much is that physical? But there also is this like, like you need to feel safe in any relationship and secure in order to like fully Mm -hmm. open your pelvic floor and like fully surrender to having a sexual experience, for example, right? Otherwise you're going to like clamp down or tighten if you have any sense of fear. Yeah, I mean, they they kind of, take that approach of healing of vaginismus don't they like they it's not just from a physical perspective there's pt involved yeah. but there's also an emotional exactly. kind of mental yeah. approach yeah. as well so let's talk a bit more about like how we can heal with these conditions with chronic pelvic pain conditions and endo you specialize in somatic therapy um and i'd I'd love to hear more about that and what it is and and what that kind of involves when we're going through this healing yeah totally so um the work that i have been developing is called somatic pelvic care so that's looking at how these um, patterns, these emotional energetic patterns play into our pelvic pain. Um, so say for instance, um, you have like, I think grief is like a really easy example. So maybe there's a place or, or shame, even if you're carrying shame in your body, like what happens to your posture, right? like your shoulders round forward and you kind of tend to get slumpy. Right. And you might, Mm -hmm. um, or if you like have a lot of anxiety that you're running, you might clench your jaw and you might even notice that you're like clenching in your pelvic floor. Right. So Mm -hmm. 
It's like, what's underneath that pattern? Okay, what's the emotional driver underneath that? Because if if that's like running the show, that might play into a tension pattern in the pelvic floor, right? Where if you're okay. like holding grief or um, you're feeling a lot of shame, right? You're like going to drop your test. You might tuck your tail bone under like you think of like a dog, right? That's like, that's <laughs> going to tuck its tail, right? You're going to do that same thing. That's going to change what's happening in your pelvic floor as well. So if you're constantly like holding your body in, in these different, if you're running these things on a subconscious level um, and these like, these patterns keep showing up for you. Maybe like you tend to get resentful or you tend to get jealous or you, you know, the, or you get stressed out and have anxiety about X like all the time, right? Like These are Mm -hmm, worth looking mm -hmm. at, like they're probably showing up in the emotional realm, but they might also be showing up in the pelvic floor. And some of them might be tied to, um, just your experience, but they can be tied beyond like I've mapped, um, like, uh, working with like people pleasing and how that shows up in the family line, like not just yours, but like even beyond. Right. And so we can work with releasing those energetic patterns, um, in the physical tissue, but also with some like somatic and emotional release work, really diving into where that energy is stored in the body and getting that energy to release and to move. Um, and I like teaching people simple tools on how to like continue doing that work themselves. So what does that like look like in a, <laughs> in a session? Like how do you, when you say like somatic, I think you said somatic tools, like what, what is that? And how do we know that? Um, is it just because you know that, or, I'm going to obviously butcher this because I'm not the expert, but you know, like, Oh, the grief is stored here, you know, in place X, would you automatically, if someone came and says, you know, I lost, I lost my father or something, would you look at like, okay, let's look into this part of your body or would you like, how, how does it work? Do you, do you talk through something and then see how their body responds? Mm -hmm. Like, does that make sense? Yeah. So there's a little bit of, of both. Like I, I prefer to guide people into their body. So versus me, mm-hmm. you know, like sometimes you go to like an energy healer and they're like, Oh, I feel all these things. And they're just like doing it to you. Um, yeah. I, I get a lot of that sense of like, okay, like I can tell the emotion that's up. I can kind of see, like, I, I can see some of that. Um, but also I, I prefer to guide people into their own experience because it gives them the tools and the power to do it themselves um, and to really learn how to work with this energy in their own body. And so, you know, I would say like, you know, let's tune into your body. We do some exercises, you know, a lot of, a lot, of, especially with pelvic pain and um, you know, these other conditions. And just as, as women in general, we're like, a lot of us are really disembodied or just like not even connected to our body, to our desire, to our hunger cues, right? We're like kind of disconnected from that experience. Um, And so somatic really means is like how the body, your soma is like holding your emotions. So we do like an inner exploration to find like, what are you feeling in your body, right? Like often when you have like an anxiety, you might feel like a fluttering in your chest, right? And so, um, you know, there are some, um, there's an artist called Lindsay Brahman and she has this, um, somato emotional wheel, which I love. I have a pillow, um, but she has like <laughs> a, a chart where, you know, you can look at like, what are you feeling? The emotion you're feeling, um, like fear. Okay. Like what, um, you know, what, uh, what's the like sensation underneath that. So it kind of, Mm-hmm. helps you get down into the like somatic sensation that's underneath whatever emotions um that you're feeling right so let's say you're having feel you're having fear that emotion is fear maybe you're feeling anxiety and then in your chest you're having this like fluttering in your chest and so we can work with that energy to release that energy from the body um and that's kind of where the magic happens um is is working with that and in the body that way and I can't remember his name, but there's a doctor who does kind of a lot of, I guess it is somatic therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
releasing like these emotions from the body he does a lot of um shaking and dancing Mm -hmm. um kind of based on how animals will like shake when they kind of come out of their freeze response yeah so is that you know what kind of uh i guess physical kind of tools would you use to release something that was stored in an area totally so it kind of depends and this is where like i have tools that i use like i have samples in my clinic if someone's wanting vibration i have um you know, I, I kind of like to inquire within, like, what does your body want? Like, what does this sensation okay, need? Yeah. Right. Versus me saying like, everyone needs to dance or everyone needs to jump or everyone needs to shake or everyone needs to scream. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, what can we do with our breath? Is there a movement that would feel good? Do you need to scream? Do you need to punch a pillow? Do you need to like curl up in a ball? Do you need to feel like you're being held or hugged in some way? Right. So there's like all sorts of different ways we can work with that. Um, there's tons of different tools to, <laughs> to implement. And I just really love, um, teaching people how to connect into their body and listen to what their body needs. Um, and that way, you know, when, when these things come up and you're not in the clinic, like you have tools to actually start to work with some of these sensations, um, in your body. Yeah, on your own. absolutely. Yeah. That makes sense. It's, it's about empowerment really, isn't exactly. it? You're giving someone the ability to, cause there'll be, there'll be other times when I'm sure something else resurfaces or we go through something and we need these tools again. Exactly. Um, yeah. This, yeah. It's not like it's one and done. Constant healing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> healing is not linear. <laughs> no. Oh my gosh. No, it is not. Um, so for those who are listening now and they're, they're really interested, is there something that they can begin doing at home can, that can focus on like helping their nervous system regulate and, and feel good? Are there any activities that they can practice uh, DIY, so to speak? Totally. Um, you know, there's, there's lots of tools around working with the vagus nerve. I've, we've already talked about that. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, things like breath movements. Um, I, I love the work by um, HeartMath on um, just yeah. doing like paced breathing um, and, and thinking of positive emotions, right. That can be really powerful. Um, and just like simply like starting to listen to your body, right. Like w- one of the things that I first have people start work with is a daily practice of like tuning into your body and just mm-hmm. asking yourself, how am I feeling like, and like, what is, what, what is the primary emotion that I'm feeling? What is the primary sensation that I'm feeling? And what do I, what do I need? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. what do I, like so basic, like how am I feeling and what do I need? And then honoring that for ourselves. Right. It's like, Oh yeah, I'm actually hungry. I should eat oh, I'm feeling really anxious. Maybe I should like go for a walk or phone a friend or do some breathing exercises or something to calm me down. Right. And sometimes that's, we don't know what to do about it. And that's where like, that's where help comes in. Right. Um, but it's like, maybe, um, you know, you're, you're feeling pain and you want to use a hot pack, whatever it is. It's just like, what's going to help me feel better right now. Um, what do I need? Do I need to leave the situation I'm in? Do I need to um, take a bath? <laughs> you know, whatever it is. But let's just start bringing our attention inwards and focusing on on what our body is asking for and craving and needing instead of just, yeah, ignoring it. And yeah, I think we're so used to pushing through in this society, but also from a perspective of endometriosis and chronic pain, sometimes we force ourselves to push through because we're like, oh, you know, I can't miss another meeting. I can't miss another deadline. There's that pressure of what living with these conditions can can do. So we try to force ourselves through to the point where we can't anymore. Um, And maybe, you know, if we're more able to listen to our body and give our body what it needs, even in smaller doses, perhaps we won't get to that point of constant, you know, burnout or constant functional freeze so to speak exactly yeah it's just like starting to um 
starting to slow down and starting to create some intentional time to listen. And um, yeah. And, and, you know, if you're in a functional phrase, like oh, you got to eat that energy, you got to get that functional phrase is like tons of stored energy in your body. Like people often think that it's not because it's usually associated with so much fatigue, right. And so much tiredness mm-hmm. and depression, which is a really low energy state, but in the body, the body is actually holding all of that fight flight energy that you didn't discharge throughout your entire life, <laughs> right? Like all of that stored energy, oh it's holding that in your body. Yeah. And that's why you're so tired is because, you, and so you actually have to move that energy through, right? Like you can't, mm. if you just rest or a lot of people, um, uh, I, I've heard this from Irene Lyon. Um, she teaches a lot on the nervous system. She has her own programs and um, a lot of amazing YouTube content that you can learn from. Um, but the like functional freeze is just all of this storage of energy, right? So you have to um, get that energy moving and you have to, um, you have to work there. Like, like meditation, this is what she says um, that like meditation and sometimes even yoga are like very advanced exercises for the nervous system, right? Often we're like, oh, I'm mm. in a state of freeze, but then you go to meditate and meditation actually, so freeze is an activation of your, of your, um, your dorsal vagal part of your nervous system is your freeze state yeah. and meditation and, and stillness actually is also a dorsal vagal we need some of that freeze right to like Mm. to sleep and to allow our body to heal so like things that are very still and like really bring your nervous system down to a low level that's actually still activating that same part and so it's not going to give you what you need to get out of it which is to like burn all this fight flight energy off and so you know that's where things like meditation can actually be a really advanced exercise and things like yoga, if it's not like fast paced enough, or it's not like building enough heat, if it's just like a slow yoga, because you have, you're like so fatigued. So you, all you can do are these like really slow things that might not actually be enough to get you out of that state. It might be keeping you in that state. So that's where it's like figuring out the right ways to get this energy moving in your body that's stuck in there. Um, and that's where you can reclaim mm-hmm. some of your your energy back yeah and I guess it's that balance of trying to you know a lot of people listening will have also this low cortisol so Mm -hmm. it's kind of like trying to balance like a more not strenuous but a more fast moving exercise to get you know the the flight or fight out uh without kind of further burning yourself out so that's why that tailoring that you were talking about earlier and finding what someone someone's body needs is so helpful um I just Jessica Maguire has she talks about it in the course that I did with her you know identifying like are you in the dorsal state um and you know how the kind of recognizing where are you on that kind of yeah. polyvagal ladder yeah. and sometimes you might find that you do one exercise to move you into one state but you kind of shoot too far up and you have to bring yourself back you know down to the middle so it's it's kind of tailoring a little bit and you know you can do something very simple like um that she teaches a shaking like if you're in like flight uh flight or fight you can shake your you know shake your hands for five minutes get your heart rate up so it doesn't have to be like you go and do a hit session you can just do five minutes of getting your blood you know your your heart rate up to burn out, you know, burn off that glucose release, yeah. that cortisol, that adrenaline release. Um, and and then, you know, you might find you go a bit too far down, you've gone into dorsal and then you bring, do <laughs> do something to bring you up a little bit. Yeah. Um, because in the beginning, you can be so so dysregulated that you tend to shoot up, you can shoot up and down yeah, quite, quite totally. easily. And if your body's used to, this is the other thing, it's like, if your body, if you have a lot of these patterns that are really hardwired in, if you have a lot of trauma, your body actually seeks and and has found safety in your dysregulation. And so that's why it can be really hard because it actually feels safer for your nervous system to be dysregulated than to come into a state of like connection um, Mm. because of that. Right. So it's like, we have to build, um, build up this, um, 
the sense of safety within the body um, in order to stay regulated or more regulated. We're going to move through all the phases all day long, um, but mm-hmm. um, to stay, you know, more regulated um, for longer. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Tara, where can people find your work and how can they kind of get in touch with you and and work with you? Yeah, so um, I'm on Instagram. Uh, my handle is The Rhythm Mama, and my business is called Inner Rhythm Wellness. Um, you can find me at innerrhythmwell.com and um, you can learn about my programs there. A lot of it, what I have online is is targeted towards um, birth and postpartum, but I do also work with clients with pelvic pain, um, as well. So you can, if you want to chat, you can set up a discovery call and you can also just shoot me an email and, and we can chit chat that way as well. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I've loved talking about this. I find it, it fascinating and, um, there's still so much about somatic therapy for me to learn. So hearing from, uh, an expert is just amazing. Um, and yeah, I'm going to go away and practice, <laughs> practice some strategies and some tools. Perfect. So thank you <laughs> so welcome. much. So that's it. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to find out more about what I do or read more on endometriosis and living well with it, um, you can head to my Instagram page, which is this underscore endolife. Um, you can head to my website which is www.thisendolife.com and you can also get um, a free guide to managing endometriosis naturally on my website Um, I've put the link in my show notes it's a beginner's guide to getting started and all of the areas that I um, have worked on to help reduce my endometriosis symptoms and pain and live well with endometriosis as always if you like this show please rate review and or subscribe really truly does help others to hear the podcast and hopefully will help them to live better with endometriosis this episode was produced by the pod farm whether you're an established podcaster or just getting started visit thepodfarm.com to see how they can help you go from an idea to a finished show that's ready to be heard by the world (laughs) 